<laughs> okay, everybody, welcome to Beyond the Set. Uh, I am so pleased to have my friend here with me. Another one of my friends, actually, Alan Brockington. Alan, say the people say, what's up? Hey, what's up? It's a pleasure. <laughs> pleasure being here. I, uh, it's an honor, and I appreciate you for having me. Not a problem. Okay, so we're going to start with some basic questions, and then we're going to really get into it. Relax. You're among friends. This is a safe space, but we're going to have some fun, which is, per usual, our, our MO. Um, so how long have you actually been modeling? I've been modeling since 2008. 2008. So, yeah. oh, what type of what? Rough math? 12 years. Thank you, because I'm <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not good with mental, I'm like, me and mental math do not honestly work. So 12 years. So this was kind of like right along the times when we were getting kind of more into social media, things of that nature. How is it like being a male model versus female models? Is it easier? Do you find it difficult? Is it harder? Tell us about it. Well, I mean, you know, we don't have as many clients and and obviously the pay isn't as much. So, you know, it, really? Yeah. So as, as a male model, um, especially if you're trying to provide for a family, mm -hmm. you know, if if the pay isn't equal, you know, to the work, then you have to find another way to supplement income. So like. So, so actually, so as you're saying, basically, this is the one industry where women actually make more than men. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. I don't think a lot of people honestly know that aspect of it. So let's say like for um, an advertising job, what would be like a basic roundabout rate? Let's not give an actual full rate, like a roundabout rate you would get made for like, a, let's just say like a, a commercial or advertising publication. Uh, if you're talking about like a print job mm -hmm. yeah print you know you probably looking at around two thousand to twenty five hundred depending okay. on the client okay you know could be a little less than that okay yeah that's some, that's some good money <laughs> if it's consistent consistent that that's i mean that's the key consistency so what exactly do you feel is the, the key to consistency in this industry as a male model Mm. I, I would say definitely staying humble, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you know, I like to call myself Mr. Consistent because anytime I go to a client, they know what they're going to get. You mm -hmm. know, you're not going to see weight fluctuation. You're going to see my body type is going to be the same. So if you book me for one thing, then you know I'll be there three years from now. You can book me for the same thing. So, and, and I just think, you know, it's just hard work so what actually made you actually want to become a model like did someone tell you hey you should become a model was it something that you saw did something inspire you did someone inspire you well so i grew up in paris texas which okay. is a small town in northeast texas and uh you know growing up there you never really heard anything about modeling mm -hmm. and so when i went to smu okay uh, here in Dallas, and I also played football there. I had a lady come up to me in the student center, and I was just posted up on the wall, just people watching or whatever. And she was like, "Hey, you know, you look like you could be a great model." And she kind of she gave me, she's like, "Hey, come see me." Okay. And uh, I went and checked it out, and it was cool. 
and I did a couple of fashion shows, but I was playing football, so it was like a full-time job. Okay. So, you know, after I'd done the fashion shows, I was just kind of like, uh, you know, I'm, I don't have time for it, and I just kind of left it alone. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, one of the style, and this was in 2002. Okay. And one of the stylists that was in that fashion show, working that fashion show, was Willie Johnson. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so, fast forward to 2008, I went out to a spot, I believe I was in Plano, and uh, I ran into Willie again. Mm-hmm. So, this has been like six years, maybe it might have been 2007. And I was like, hey, you remember me? And he looked at me at this time. I, I was buff. I was up to like 2.30. And he was like, he was looking at me. And, and then he, I kind of refreshed his memory. And he was like, yeah, I remember you. Come see me. He was working at a boutique in downtown Dallas. And uh, I went and saw him. He came up with a plan. He was like, yeah, you're going to have to lose some weight. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm thinking 20. 30 pounds no i was like uh so so what i need to get down to he was like yeah probably about 185 i'm like dude that's 45 50 pounds you know but anyway you know i i i give i always give thanks to willie because uh if it wasn't for him he wouldn't have introduced me to you know he introduced me to crave magazine uh william young Mm -hmm. that was where i got my first tears my first publication and from there, you know, we just came up with a game plan, and we executed it, and the rest is history. Okay. So from, let's say, so from 2002 at SMU to then 2007, eight. Right. Until, so when exactly did you officially get signed as an actual working model? So my first agency I got signed with was Neil Hamill Agency in Houston in 2009. Okay. And the funny thing is that, like, I went to... Paige Parks, Campbell, Kim Dawson. I went to each one of those HCs probably two times. Mm -hmm. And they all said no. Two times. No, no, no. Uh, So then Willie was like, hey, why don't you go look at these HC in Houston? And so that's what I did. I drove down to Houston, met with Neil Hamill. They signed me. I started working with Academy pretty often booked a couple of other gigs and then I circled back around to the Dallas agencies. Okay. And then that's where I ended up getting signed with Campbell. Okay. So in the rejection process, did they ever give you any feedback exactly what they were looking for? Was it kind of just a thank you, but no thank you? Yeah. Um, probably the first round was probably more of like a thank you, no thank you. And at that point I still, you know, needed to Still had like what I call my football weight on. You know, okay. I was still cut, but still way too big. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that was understandable. The second round, I, you know, I lost a little more weight. Mm-hmm. And me just not knowing the industry and the business at that time is that, you know, Dallas is a lot about fitting the samples. Okay. You know, so if you can't fit the samples, you're basically not going to get much work there. And okay. Right. So, segueing into actually the physical part of it, mm-hmm. do you feel as if, as uh, as a male model specifically, that there's pressure to have to maintain your weight, maintain the cut, maintain the buff, maintain the height, maintain like, because you're very much into fitness, you know, like, Absolutely. so how is it exactly, do you feel like there's pressure to maintain those things, or is it kind of like, is, does everybody feel the pressure, is it more pressure on men versus women? 
Um, I, I can't speak for the women. Mm-hmm. I just know from what I've heard, you know, about them going through um, just, you know, certain agents mm-hmm. telling them that they have to, to lose weight and stay at a certain. But uh, for men, I wouldn't necessarily say it was, it's pressure. Because um, with me, it's like I love having muscle. Okay. Um, and so I don't want to get, I don't want to be like just one of those real skinny guys, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I tried to find an equal balance between having the muscle and staying ripped and still fitting the sample sizes. And so how does that all work? Cause that seems like a lot. It <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> sounds like a lot yeah. of like, wait, so I got to stay, get, keep it muscle, stay in ripped, fitting sample sizes. That sounds like it's a lot of work. So how does that, how does that work? So, so check this out. So when I signed with Campbell, mm-hmm. right, um, they actually signed me for acting. Okay. And I never, I, I took a, a art of acting class at SMU. That's mm-hmm. the only acting I've done. But um, being in the industry, you will see there's a void of black men. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't, they, they literally didn't have too many. So it was like, well, why not take them on? And so it wasn't until a year and a half. Um, later, um, Stasia was a new agent at Campbell and she kept submitting me for stuff and I kept booking it. And I'm like, who, who is this lady? <laughs> you know, let me go meet this lady. She, yeah. you know, and when I went in there, she was like, Alan, you're so wonderful. You book everything, you know? And then, you know, she's in the office with everyone. And at that time they was like, um, we should probably get out Alan the comp card. So just to go back to that, when I first made my comp card, mm-hmm. they had me for big and tall. So... <laughs> I'm I'm tall, tallish, you know, six two, six three, but I'm not big. So I was like, you're not. I want to. What I would not consider big and tall. We'll continue. Right. Well, at that time, big and tall was a, a newer thing coming into the industry, and so, um, you know, a lot of the the big and tall stuff that they got was actually like, um, tall, largest. Okay. So it's you know, tall men could fit them, but mm-hmm. slim guys could do it, and you know, having great stylists as well that know how to pin them, you know, the material, you know, works as well. So, um, so with that being said, it was one of those things to where I wanted to say, okay, just let me get my foot in the door. And so I got my foot in the door with the athletic, uh, market, Mm -hmm. that industry. And then, you know, with, with, like I said, staying, wanting to stay cut and being able fit the sample sizes i was like hey i'll start here and then i want to be versatile to where i'm just not pigeonholed into that one type of the fitness industry okay you know i want to be able to do some fashion stuff as well some commercial stuff across the board basically absolutely okay so you say that you don't you don't feel the pressure have you ever seen anybody else other male models you all talk about like the pressure it is or the pressure that you honestly feel as male models to succeed, especially in this particular climate currently, or just overall in general? I mean, I I guess when, you know, a lot of pressure comes from economics, you know, if you're not making money, you know what I mean? Things happen. There's going to, yeah, there's going to be pressure on you to make money to to feed you or feed your family or whatever. So like I said, I've always had a supplemental income to Mm -hmm. where, if modeling wasn't working for me, then real estate was working for me 
or personal training, you know, I could, I always had something to fall back on to okay. supplement that income. So, uh, I mean, I know a lot of guys, uh, let's say I, in the industry, I've heard of people doing things for money that, you know, we'll just simply I, leave it at that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That I wouldn't necessarily, well, I, I wouldn't do, um, but you know, I just don't believe you have to sell your soul to be uh, successful in this industry. Okay. So still going into the whole physical, now that we're actually getting, I guess, more of an expansion into the industry where we're getting more fuller figure women, plus size women are coming to the forefront. And even still, we're seeing more uh, fuller figured men. How does that play into the market? How do you see that going? And do you think that this is going to be a long-term thing? Is it just kind of like a trend thing or how's it, how do you, how do you see it going from your perspective? I absolutely love it just because, you know, um, people put, you know, they, they say, no, this is beauty. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you have to fit a size zero or two to be beautiful. And that's absolutely false. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think it, it will stay. Okay. And, and I think more people needs to see this, you know, you know, you, especially dealing with, uh, you know, the forefront of mental health, mm -hmm. um, and social media. Okay. You have, especially like young kids coming up that see these women. And if they can see someone that looks like them, you know, and they might be a size 10 or 12 and they can say, oh, look what she's doing. I'll, I can start to do that as well. You know, I think that just gives them more. Um, it'll help society, you know, in general. OK. Do you believe that anyone can be a model? I believe that. Anyone that puts their mind to it and well, especially with social media, because okay. uh, you know, like I say a lot, like right now, if you have a hundred thousand followers or, or whatever, you know, you don't, you don't accept the client will, if they want you to wear a certain product, mm -hmm. they'll fit it to what, what you, you know, your body type, yeah. you know, because they know that once you make that, make a post for them or whatever, it's going to reach so many other people. Okay. So, especially in today's climate, anyone can be a model. So, speaking of social media, with the social media, with the social media models versus like the legitimate models, do you think they have a place in our, in, in the industry as a whole besides from just being, I guess, Instagram posts? Do you think that they actually can transition to being full-fledged, legitimate working models or are they, or is there only uh, validity mostly just through Instagram? As of as of right now, mm -hmm. I think it's just through social media, through Instagram, whatever. But I think that's just going to depend on the agents. Okay, and, and, you know what I mean, and and the clients. So I do see where there can there where there actually already is going being the transition to uh, full figure women and men being signed to agencies. Okay, so I think that clients are falling in line as well is with hey why not you know we we ha we carry these sizes so why not have someone that can actually wear them right look like it on our ads okay so yeah so yeah i do believe that okay 
That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Question. As a black male model, how has been your experience in the industry as a whole? Has it been a positive one? Has it been trial simulations? Have you overcome some things? What have you overcome? What's been in your experience as a black male model in this industry? It's been all of the above. We'll talk about it. So it's... Uh, talk about the highs first, and then we'll get to the lows. Well, so, so, so the highs is that, like, I've had some really, really good clients that I've consistently worked with, mm-hmm. like JCPenney's and Belk and APHIS. Okay. Um, being in the Dallas market, you are kind of limited, you know, to the clients that, that you have here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to expand to Chicago, New York, L.A., Miami. You know, to get some of those uh, those those bigger clients. Yeah. Um. So I haven't actually reached, you know, been able to to travel and work with my outside agencies, the bigger agencies as well, to get to those bigger clients. But, I mean, I've been able to provide for me and my family, you know, for the past, I'll say, well before COVID hit, you know, for the past eleven years. Yeah. You know, um, modeling as my main source of income. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kudos to that. Um, and I've done a lot of lot of stuff, you know, modeling, you know, modeling, acting. I, you know, I've done a lot of stuff, and sometimes I even forget, you know, how blessed I've been in this industry, and I have to, you know, <laughs> remind myself, <laughs> you know, I've always, I've always stayed humble. Um, you know, I, I've never been the the look at me type. Look what I did. You mm-hmm. know, I'm I'm more of Hey, this is what I did. Now let me pass this on to someone else, or put someone else, you know, on game, or look at the younger generation so they can say, "Man, this dude came from Paris, Texas, from a small town, and he, you know, he made it, and he did this." Okay. And they, you know, they've seen me in ads and in stores and on commercials. Oh, uh, maybe I can do it too. <clears throat> but on the flip side of that. Um, I, I basically, I'll tell you this. I had this conversation with one of my buddies who's a white guy and he works a lot, a lot in Dallas Okay. and no names, no names, but basically <laughs> the conversation went, went like, you know, he, he was saying, man, you know, every time I go out on a casting, I might have a hundred other white guys, you know, going out for that same job. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you know, as a black guy, you might have like. 30 other black guys go out for the same job. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'd much rather be in your shoes. And I was like, no, I'm like, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. But I say you might have in a year, you might have a hundred castings or auditions to where I might have 30. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to miss out on 100% of the castings that I don't get the opportunity to go to. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I'd much rather have the the hundred guys to have to compete with than not have the opportunity to get that job at all. So that's been one of the main things that I've seen that there just haven't been the opportunities for black male models, um, you know, job wise. Okay. To that there just haven't been as much many opportunities. And then you can also uh, it's sort of changed now, but. If you go to any website, um, 
like I said, one of the agent the agency's websites, you're going mm-hmm. to probably see 70% white mm-hmm. guys on the board. Uh, and then I say 30% other, you know, so that's Hispanic. Other. Yeah. Hispanic, black, <laughs> Asian. Right. And so, I mean, that kind of tells you, you know, you know, what, I guess the, uh, how agencies will probably prioritize who's making money. Do you think it's going to change with everything going on in our current climate? I, and you know what? I actually do think it's, um, it, 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 they don't have a choice because if you look at the way we've had so many blended families and mixed, so my, my wife is, is Caucasian. Mm-hmm. My kids are mixed. Um, and I just think eventually, you know, five, 10, 20 years from now, you're not going to know what anybody is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, my, the oldest descendant on my mom's side, the oldest descendant male was a Irish white man. So I have white in me. I have, um, uh, Choctaw, uh, black, I have Indian in me, you know what I mean? Okay. So it's, it's just like one of those things to where all the, the these cultures are mixing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're not going to, you're going to have any choice, but to have a variety of, of different, colors and see and it won't be as dominant you know mm-hmm. as it you know white dominant as it is now okay so switching to set life have you ever had a terrible experience being on a set whether fashion show or print ad or photo shoot a terrible experience i i would say no uh i've actually uh, um we were doing this hand modeling job for a uh a company it was for a commercial okay and the director he was being um pretty harsh um on the females I'll, okay. I'll put it like that i i could say he he knew who he could pick on and who he couldn't okay because when it came to me you know it was totally different and i um but but towards the females it was just like jokes inappropriate jokes and stuff like that and you know, I, I you know I, we addressed it with our agent so that they could let them know, like, look, this this, this isn't acceptable. Right. You know, I, I mean, I understand this is the the industry, and you mm-hmm. know, um, kind of like you hear people say foul language or just certain stuff like that. But you know, I mean, like, just you know, you don't have to be like that to get a job done. You right. Know? But besides that. Um, there was one job I did in Utah, and Utah. it was for yeah, it was for a uh, a <laughs> shoe company. Utah. Yeah, <laughs> it was for a shoe athletic shoe company, and it was a terrible experience. It was just that we were in probably I don't know thirty degree weather, Ooh. and we were in the valley, and we were shooting outside, and I was it was for uh the, the, the it was a shoe product and I consistently had to keep slamming my foot into cold water. <laughs> And it was why. It, well, they wanted to get the splash from the water in the shot, and uh, <laughs> it was. I mean, it was cool. It ended up coming out great, but like I said, it was it was just cold, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, you get through it, you know. So in situations like that, where you're literally like in cold weather, were you at least in shorts? Were you did were you in pants? Did they give you like jackets? Where you had? I I was in shorts and tank top. 
you know. In 30-degree weather? Yeah. Were hey. you shooting summer? Was it with the sandals? No, it, it was an actual shoe. It was an actual <laughs> shoe. But, I mean, you do, what, you do what you need to do to get the, the shot, right? To get the job done. Is that what they said? <laughs> but, in, I mean, in the, in, when, when we weren't shooting, yes, mm-hmm. they had jackets and, you know, coats and stuff for us to, where, to keep us warm. But, uh, you know, hey, you take the good with the bad. I guess so, because I'm just like, wait, I'm already like, this weather right here right now is making me just like want to be bundled up, let alone I got to be in shorts in 30 degree weather, talking, splashing a foot, my foot in an ice. Yep, or basically, in, <laughs> yeah. It's no, okay, so they just give you lotion afterwards, but there's someone always <laughs> on your feet or some cocoa butter yeah. or something. I usually keep, keep my own lotion, you know. <laughs> Being, you know, black don't crack, but in the, you know, in the freezing, in the cold, you know, you got to stay lathered up. You know, I've realized a lot of models that I work with and I've seen around, like, the sets, they always keep lotion on them. Even I just, like, is that just, like, a thing with us in the industry? You just always keeping lotion on us at all points in time? I mean, with with, with black models, I'm pretty sure it is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's... Some people don't understand it. I, I'm just like, okay, so I know I've asked you this before, but I'm going to refresh your uh, your memory. Can you please explain to us, because I was just at Walmart literally today, and I walked the whole, I saw a whole pack of Hanes. So explain to us this whole underwear situation, because like, I feel, so I've been, I've heard this rumor that when you all are shooting underwear specifically mm-hmm. that they have to do something to to block the, the nethers from being seen in the cameras oh yeah yeah so <laughs> <laughs> it well i've heard of uh other things that they've done but sometimes sometimes well, uh, well, with Photoshop, you know, a lot of times they could mm-hmm. get it, you know, get that out the way. Um, I haven't experienced some of the other options that they use to. <laughs> I'm like, what other so what I've heard, okay, what I've heard okay. is that they would sometimes use bread. Okay, like is it like Mrs. Barrett's bread, Sarah Lee. I I don't, you know, don't don't give me lunch. <laughs> but so Just sometimes asking. they would use bread. Okay, uh, sometimes they would use socks. Socks? Um, I've never heard of socks. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I've heard people using it, like, every album, like, on TV, but never actually, like, on shoots. Okay. Socks. Okay. Keep right. On. And, and, well, they, I mean, they're, those are the only two that I've heard. So, me personally, I like I, said, I haven't had to use <laughs> any of those things. So, when you're on, when you when they tell you, hey, you're being booked for, like, an underwear campaign, mm-hmm. do, they, do, you, do they give you, like, days in advance, months in advance, a week in advance, like... No, a lot of times it's uh, it's. I mean, you might be shooting the next couple of days. And so, how do you? So, let's say if you've like been indulging that week, you had some pizza or something, and they tell you, "Hey, you book for a underwear campaign tomorrow." It's like, ah, let me go. Like, how do you get your body ready for those situations? Or do you just stay ready? So you gotta get ready. I my whole thing is stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. I mean, if you do, I know oh, I heard of a lot of. Um, you know, some guys, they would stop drinking water. They would hit, you know, do a lot of cardio, mm-hmm. hit the sauna, you know, deplete yourself of those toxins, okay. lose the water weight. 
and that'll help you, you know, kind of like boxers do to cut weight and that'll help you, you know, look more fit and more cut. Okay. But you just like, they say, Hey, we need you. You just, so you just, you just keep abs rolling around, huh? Just... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody cares. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Nobody cares about you and your abs. No one cares. Okay, um, question. What would you tell new models coming to the industry? If mm. you had to tell, you know, um, especially a male model, let's say um, Jimmy James is like, hey, I want to be a model. What would you tell them? What advice would you give them to, to start off with? First of all, I would tell them to do their research, which is what, you know, Willie told me, uh, William Young of Crave Magazine told me as well. Do your research. Go to the actual agency's websites in different markets. Mm -hmm. Look at the guys that they they have signed, you know, to their board, mm -hmm. and kind of see, you know, what what they have, you know, what they possess, and uh, and in that way you can say, oh, okay. Uh, you can kind of compare yourself, and but but then also you can say, well, maybe I can offer something different. Okay, you know. So I, that would be the first thing that they would do. Also look at the, the requirements, you know. Sometimes you can work around the requirements, you mm -hmm. know, but for male models, it's normally 5'11 to 6'2, and okay. then, you know, big and tall is different, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then, like I've told people before, look, just get in where you can fit in, okay. you know. Like me, it took me, I couldn't get signed as a model. So I went the acting route and then worked my way around into the modeling, you know, side of it. Okay. So get in where you fit in. Um, number three is no doesn't necessarily mean no. It means next. So when you get Explain. a when you get a rejection from an agency, mm -hmm. it, it might not mean no. It just means going to the next one. When you get a rejection from a, a you know, if, you go out for an audition or a casting and you don't get cast for that job. Mm -hmm. It's just on to the next one. So, um, so what I would say is thrive in the nose and survive in the yeses. Okay. Thrive in the nose, survive in the yeses. That's right. Okay. Um, so I know what sometimes they don't talk about and they don't tell you all when you will get signed is that the changes you have to honestly make not only to your diet, but also physically, so what changes have you had to make and do you have to like get approval for those changes ahead of time or do you just say, I'm going to do what I want to do and go with my life? Starting out, mm -hmm. um, whatever, whatever your agency says, I mean, I would pretty much stick to what they said because they've, you know, they're the ones who have the experience in the industry mm -hmm. and knows what the client is looking for. Okay. Right. You know, then once you, become established in a working model if you want to make changes suggest them to your agent okay um, if they agree with it then you know go ahead and do it um, and if it doesn't work you, you know you can always go back to what you were doing before but what if they were working you know i guess at um at amazon would that be okay what was that well, they work in Amazon. Go back to working in Amazon and be okay. No, well, what I mean was going back to what, what I mean is like, uh, so like, for instance, if you were to change your look up. Okay. Uh, if you wanted to grow a beard, you mm -hmm. know, and then 
see what clients think about the beard. You know, okay. what I'm saying? if you're not work, if you don't get work with the beard, then shave it back off and you know go back to what you were before. Go back to what you were yeah, before. Yeah, the same look. Give it some some advice. <laughs> <laughs> if it don't work, just just honestly go back because I know you've changed because like this is not how I remember seeing you. You had the salt and pepper hair, right. so you just cut your hair. Right. So was that just like a choice you made? Did you have to? Did you have to go through the process of calling saying, "Hey, I'm gonna change my hair," or did you just like buzz and they were like, "Okay, fine." Well, at the point that I I I was just um, I switched agencies. I went over to Kim, you know, Kim Dawson from mm-hmm. Campbell. And I just wanted, I just wanted a new, fresh, uh, new set of eyes, you mm-hmm. know, on me, um, a new look, you know, just to try. It was, it was kind of like an experiment for me, okay. you know. And I, I worked, I worked um, with the hair, you know, with the salt and pepper hair as well. Um, and I, I just, it was kind of hard to gauge whether or not it was going to be successful for me because COVID hit. Okay. And it kind of took, you know, took away like eight months of, of uh, <laughs> trial and tribulation, I guess you could say. So I was just, you know, like I said, it was, it was an experiment just to see what happens. Because I always knew, like I said, if, if it didn't work for me, I could always cut it back off and go back to, to what I, I knew worked okay. best. Okay. So this has been thoroughly deep. Is there anything else that you would like partake of knowledge or, or wisdom that you honestly would have for anybody that's interested in, oh, in, in the industry? Yes. I, yeah, I did want to say mm-hmm. to uh, stay authentic to yourself. Okay. You know, like I say, I've, I've especially in the whole acting um, and modeling world, I see a lot of people that you can say just come off as fake. Okay. And, and or they you know they're they're doing something just to impress or because they think that's what a client wants to do i mean you know what i mean yeah people can tell when you're faking it true you know what i mean so i'll just say j- just just stay true to yourself okay and, and just know that you know i believe in god and i just and one of my whole things is if it was meant to be then it would happen Okay. So if it, if it, if it wasn't if it wasn't meant to be, then that wasn't his plan for me. Have you actually have you enjoyed your time in the industry as a as a, as a model as an actor? Have you enjoyed your time in this fashion entertainment media space? Have you actually had fun here? Yeah, I absolutely have. You know, I, I look forward to what's to come um, with the whole social media. Me being an older model before social media even you know was as popular as it was you know mm-hmm. i kind of like the, the old ways to where i'm like hey if client want me just book me you know why do i have to have a hundred thousand followers you know so i look forward to embracing what's to come um and you know you have to be um you have to be able to adapt okay you know you can't be a, a, a dinosaur you know you have to be able to adapt to changes to new ways um and you know, just just take them as they come. So when you say adapt, what exactly do you are you referring to adaptation in the industry? It's going through. What do you mean by that exactly? So so for instance, if if your agent wants you to have uh, an Instagram or you know wants you to post once a day um, or whatever, you know, then you know try try your best to do that. If your agency wants you to change your look up, you know, 
then 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 do that as well. Okay. Um, if you know if they say, hey, we have this client, we you know might need you to put on ten more pounds of muscle because we think you will be a great fit for you know this client, and we could probably submit you to other agencies, and you could you know do the the more fitness stuff. Then I mean, you never know what can happen. So mm-hmm. so just just try it, and don't be afraid to fail. You know, you you learn you will learn more about yourself from failure and losses than you will about the wins and the successes. True. Yeah. Mike, you're not lying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Rockington. I thoroughly do appreciate you taking the time out to prod us with your wisdom, with your knowledge, your expertise, your laughter. <laughs> your humility you know because um i think sometimes this industry can really be it can be hard you know getting getting your foot into the door getting through the door Mm -hmm. staying there it can honestly be hard i think especially as we're transitioning as we're going into new spaces so i just wanted to say thank you for imparting all those things anything else you want to tell the masses before we get out of here no, I just want to say, you know, I, I appreciate everyone that has supported me. Um, I would like to say work with some amazing people in the industry. Too many to, to start naming off. Um, but I just want to say thank you. Uh, I look forward to doing more things. And um, I just want to be able to give back and show love. Okay, then. All right, everybody. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Ellen, do you want to give them your your, your handles? If you your gram. Yeah, I mean it's it's a uh, <laughs> my my Instagram is uh, Alan M Brockington, um, and then you could just find me on Facebook, Alan Brockington. There he is. And you know, I'm not easy. I'm not, I'm not hard to find. <laughs> if you're really looking for him, <laughs> he's not hard to find, y'all. All right, y'all. We're gonna get out of here. This is a. Uh, Beyond the set, really do appreciate you guys, and we see you guys in the next episode. Have a good one. Peace.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Set. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to my podcast. You can follow me at Beyond the Set Podcast on Instagram or on my personal styling page at Edify Style. That is E-D-I-F-Y-S-T-Y-L-E. Where we are changing the world one personal style at a time. If you have any questions, possible topics, or maybe you're a fellow creative and want to be on the podcast, please email me at beyondthesetpodcast at gmail.com. And I will see you all in the next episode. Laters.